There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This, this is why we can't have nice things. He's gonna leave it on all episodes. Oh, so many people have left. You can. You want to talk over it? That's what's gonna happen. Oh, I hit the button. That's my first time hitting the soundboard. All right. Uh, you're like you're. If you're tuning in still, you're like, <laughs> why is Mike so excited? Because we just taped a 40 minute intro or a 30 minute interview with Chris from Card Ladder. We talked about the market, and I am at the bottom of my monster can. That's why I'm so pumped. <laughs> and we talked about the Illuminati, which is... Oh, yeah. Here's the name of the episode. We hate kids and influencers. That's the name of the episode. Tune in for that card yep, ladder tune in for segment. That. We're going to plug the card ladder thing in after this opening. So we're going to do our quick open. We're not going to do the full intro rundown or anything. We're just going to go quick open, right to Chris, and we'll jump to mailbag. I can tell I wouldn't even have time to fit it in with the energy going through your brain. So let's do it. Um, We do, though, poor planning on my part. Oh, God. On my, What? I don't know what ha what's happening. You're throwing a curveball. One of the big things I wanted to do today was the MLB, MLB. 2022 wax, wax breakdown. We don't have time to do that. Who's got the time? On Monday, that is happening. I know we have we Chris. We don't have a guest. No, we, we do Chris have a Costa. guest. Chris Costa. That's yeah. fine. We can still do this. So we'll do that on Monday. We'll get into all the products um, coming up for the next few months. We're going to kind of review. Okay. Here's what to look for. Here's rookies we're expecting in some of those products. Here's prospects we're expecting as well. Um, but we really hit heavy on the MLB market and the impact on the first couple of weeks of the season, first week of the season, and the NBA playoffs starting. So things like that. Also some other areas like Chris. That's why I like having Chris on. He's very knowledgeable. I do appreciate that. <clears throat> Even if he doesn't know much about the hobby, he seems to know a little bit about everything. You mean so, about the sport? Or about the sport yeah, of yeah, baseball. Yeah. Sorry. He knows everything about the hobby. Don't, don't you ever me. talk about that again. <laughs> you know, cut, cut the open. Just cut all of this. Um, so we'll do that for sure. There's no really intriguing releases to me coming out tomorrow. So I was just going to kind of roll the whole wax thing into that. Oh, you didn't care about the Topps Chrome Overtime Elite? That's not a thing? That basketball, I don't know what to make of that. And I don't really know anything about those kids. So oh, okay. There's a little bit of hype. Uh, I actually just want to hit a couple show notes to start. And then I think we just go right to the Play the Chris interview. But... Okay, but what about the Donruss? I wanted to... I thought you'd be interested it. in the, the hobby box, like the NASCAR, the... Panini Donruss Racing. They drive in circles. I mean, is next. I'm just kind of surprised that that's not more of a thing because everything else has been a thing. You know what I mean? Like WWE, Mar like all these no. non Okay, that's sports. fair. So NASCAR, though, has been around quite a bit more than the other sports you're talking about. So that's why that particular release, not interested. Not as interesting. National Treasures, sure. sure. I actually have a case of National Treasures at the house of NASCAR from this year. I'll rip. Um, but yeah, not as much of a thing. Okay. Yep. All right. There's Good also a, U a UEFA... There is soccer release. I, you know, again, I don't think that's really a highly champions league soccer. Yeah. Okay. But you don't think that if it's not as talked about in your circles, which I trust your opinion. Yeah, on that. I just kind of am like, you know, it's fine. Um, if, if we're not going to talk about that, uh, there was one thing I was going to mention was, Oh, so guys, if you're not already familiar and you're oh, not subscribed, this is a pitch, go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube page there. We talk about an item from golden's auction that, whether they were a sponsor or not, I would think this is very interesting. The Jackie Robinson game used jersey. So 
we had on Sue's from Golden. She said it was going to be worth like she its starting bid was two million dollars. It just started yesterday, I guess. She thinks it could be their most expensive item uh, of all time. Anybody's of the most expensive memorabilia, piece of memorabilia piece, period, period, not just Golden's. So check out the YouTube. I think it's very fascinating. I will. I looked at it this morning. It was at 2.2 million because, again, bidding just started yesterday. Bid 2.5 on that just to <laughs> say we were the high bidder. It just went to 2.3 in like the last hour or two. So just kind of crazy that anything could go for that much uh, memorabilia. We also wise. ripped a box of brand new WWE Prism. Oh, yeah, we did really, oh, we got a, really Did you good. update our Capital Nonsense segment there? Hey, let's go ahead and tell the people, what are we oh, yeah. doing so, so with one thing we've, $600? Yeah, so really quick, one thing we've been doing on the YouTube show, which I do want to kind of tie in here too, we rip a box, like, hey, this is what it costs us, fair market value. This is what we're going to grade out of it. This is what we've sold. This is how much it costs to grade. We literally have a running spreadsheet of profits and losses right as, now. As someone new to the hobby, or if you've been in it for a while, I love that we do this segment because mm -hmm. it's like, if I want to get into this hobby, I want to try and make a little money on a side hustle. This is essentially what we're trying to depict is like, how do you make Realist money? Not even that. Realistically, what is like the yeah. reality of ripping wax? And that's, yeah, we're down big so right now. So far we're down, but yep. we've only done four boxes. Which is to be expected. Um, that's fine. The WWE, check it out. See how we did. Um, I did have right. a couple interesting sales. So just to talk about, this is actually all I want to do. I had some buying and selling activity this week. Okay. And since it was public on Facebook, I want to talk about it real quick. So I had a box of 2020. I don't know if it's 21 or 22. I'm guessing it's 22 tops. Chrome. Uh, F1, and I had a box of Topps Chrome F1. I think it's called Light. I don't know. I ripped them both last week on Instagram and then literally forgot about them. I traveled out of town with my wife for a wedding, came back. I sold the lot of those cards well under comps, by the way. I put it up as a blind lot. I sold it for $1,000. I don't know who Sergio Perez is. It was one auto of his and there. It was like $800. Mm -hmm. Lewis Hamilton cards, Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. I know there are some people who think like F1 was like a one-year thing or that it's just being hyped. I don't really know, but F1 is like ridiculous. I, I was so shocked. So I sold that. Um, I also ripped a little bit of 2021-2022 Prism Draft Basketball because Prism's a couple months off. So it's all collegiate uniform. Mm -hmm. In one pack this morning that I ripped, though, I actually sold this as well on Facebook. I pulled a stained glass Anthony Davis. It's like a fifty to sixty dollar card, mm -hmm. and a blue Scotty Barnes auto. Now Scotty Barnes is the top five seller this year. Yeah, I realistically was like, oh, this might be a hundred bucks. It was numbered to forty five. Mm -hmm. It's like three to three fifty. Scotty Barnes is becoming more and more talked about. I feel like I keep hearing more. About yeah, he's him. playing great. He's playing. Yeah. So, but here's what was funny. So I, that's a, a product traditionally that gets crapped on every year because it's college, but yeah. it usually comes out so early it doesn't matter. I think it might have a little bit more staying power this year because there's not a ton of pro stuff coming out. Oh, okay. The fact that that card is selling like that, though, is beyond me. Uh, I sold it immediately because I think eventually there's probably a drop on that. Like, I would say you probably want to move off that somewhat quick, but maybe not. Maybe it's worth grading this year. Interesting. Um, anyways, those were a couple sales. And then I did do a couple, I made a couple nice buys. So I bought a rookie year Optic Contenders, John Morant Auto, uh, I forget the name of the insert. It's a refractor insert. It was numbered to 150. It's a PSA 10. Mm -hmm. I spent 1300. So right about the going rate. I paid a little bit more than the last one because the last one sold a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, they're heading into the playoffs. And I said I wanted to buy one nice jaw on the last show. That was the one nice jaw I bought. 
randomly then I also came across a Bill Russell prism gold. So it's number to 10. It's a PSA 10. I, I think I got, and I, and the comps don't justify in my head what I think this card is worth. I think it's 2015. I believe I told Chris in the recorded interview, 2013, 2015 prism gold, Bill Russell, PSA 10. I, I don't understand it. I paid $1,100, a thousand or 1100. I have to check. Okay. There is such a disconnect. And we talked, I'm glad Chris brought this up because we talked about like the Moses Malone and like how some of these other guys, Griffey, some of these all-time greats are just not nearly as appreciated. Like if that was a second year, I mean, forget rookie. Like if that's a second year Luca, yeah, it's worth 10 times that. I just, Bill Russell's probably a top five guy for most people's worst top 10. Yep. It's like the third year of Prism and it costs a th- I I just don't get it, man. So I'm going to hold the card for while it's really cool. I think at some point that's probably a $5,000 card. Where was it in the grand scheme of like value over time? Is it, is it pretty much at the lowest it's been? No, no, no. It's du- it, it's, it, it has doubled since the first couple of sales a few years ago, but oh, okay. the whole market is more than doubled. It, it doesn't, it really, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I actually want to do this live too. Hey, before we Go move ahead. on too far, I am curious because so a couple guys wanted to know like how they were going to win the WWE cards because we didn't really think that out well when we talked about it on last week's or on Monday's episode. We said, oh, this was going to be a giveaway. And then we realized, oh, well, we were going to do this for Capital Nonsense. And let me explain Capital, Capital Nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah, it's not really a giveaway. So Capital Nonsense, what we've been doing, because a lot of those boxes are the ones that Panini gives us for free. So first of all, to be entered in almost all the giveaways, you have to have a Panini direct account. And if you're buying packs and showing us that, it helps. Like it improves your chances because we're really trying to help and push the NFT thing because we've got involved there with Panini. For Capital Nonsense, though, what we've done is we're taking all the money at the end of, we're probably going to run it in like a three-month segment because by then we'll have our cards back from grading wheels, and then we're just going to buy other stuff or just give away cash with the money we make, with the proceeds from the boxes. I'm not giving it all away because some of these boxes I paid for, and I'm mm-hmm. paying for the grading, but the majority, I would say, of that money, we are just going to give away. So the giveaway is not week by week you get these particular cards. The giveaway is, hey, at the end of three months, Here's the tally of our sheet. This is what we bought, sold, updated, and we've shown the sheet every show. That's how that will come into play more than anything. I do want to figure that out too, because it's like at this point we are negative fifteen hundred. Are we? How do we? Right, but anything we've getting we get back. Yeah, is is money in the bank. I'm going to take out a chunk of what I'm I'm owed, but yeah, then we're just going to give it away. Okay. So yeah, there's ways to do it. Not the end of the world. I just want to make sure the guys are getting in on it. If they if if we can, and at least they have clarification of. Like yeah, and that's the other thing win. I would say. Some guys too, like if your first comment in one of the Facebook groups by the way is, "Hey, how do I win something?" You're never. I'm, I'm never giving something to anybody who's just like comes out of nowhere like that. Like support the show. Go watch YouTube and drop drop a comment. Like then maybe we'll give you something. Like I have no use for those people. That annoyed right. me this week. I do agree to that. I the thing is, unfortunately, sometimes they do get stuff because it's random. But um, no, never again. <laughs> by the way, I was trying to find like stuff that I could actually base this on. A PSA nine Grant Hill gold prism from the same year sold for four hundred dollars, which means a PSA ten is probably worth well over a thousand. I don't know how I got the bill. I was very happy to get the Bill Russell for that price. I think I got an absolute steal on the card. Uh, yeah, I just put in like. 2015 gold prism PSA tens just to see who, who else from that era had sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, this isn't a super great comp, but it's from the fireworks set. So it's an insert set gold number to 10. It's a LeBron. It's a PSA 10, but it's not the base like my bill Russell. Yeah. The LeBron sold for 6,500. Like, so the base version is probably 15 to 20. Yeah. I, I, 
dude, I don't get it. Uh, anyways, I'm done. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, well, I'm we'll here. talk a little bit about that too in the segment with Chris. So <clears throat> yep, we get more into that. There. All right. I really want to rip this box of Clearly Authentic. We do need to get to Mailbag before too long. How long? Oh, yeah. We're at 50 minutes. You're good. So this is a product. I have a couple cases of this stuff put away. Give me the knife right now. You I like ripping it away from you. I like ripping wax in here because I think it's fun sometimes. <laughs> I think um, it's fun for the people to hear it. Yeah. So this is 2022. Nope. 2021. Clearly Don Russ. Pull up on blowout what this stuff is actually selling for right now, please. 2021. Clearly Don Russ. Yep. First year of football. Obviously, it's the crazy savage class of Mac, Trevor, all the guys. Wait, what are we? Are we giving this away to anybody, or what are we doing with this? I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that yet because I bought cases and I bought boxes of this. So I don't want to just this give. This is going for $400. Dang. I, I still think this is what I'm going to shut my sound off on the, on the podcast. This is just a random plug. And yes, I own, I think I have three cases, not two. How this stuff is $400 a box put in 2021 football and just give me the pricing of some other hobby boxes, please. While I open this and do me a favor and mute my mic. Cause I'm going to open these packs real quick. He's muted. Um, all right, so we're going to blow out just to check pricing for 2021 football NFL box. Let's uh hobby box. All right, so in comparison, let's see. Uh, uh Panini. Oh, yep. In your back. This is just a side point because I've been talking so so well about clearly. Four hundred dollars a box for this. Give me just some. Jesse doesn't know Here's, most of these products, so just give me twenty twenty one football hobby boxes. Uh, Read some Donruss football hobby box. Okay. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, you get all the base, but okay, five hundred. Panini certified football hobby box, six hundred dollars. That's even more egregious. That is fifty percent more than this. <laughs> um, mosaic. Well, mosaic's more expensive. Seven forty. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, it shouldn't see. be two to one, but I'm okay with that pricing. Mm, that's those were the first ones that came up. I'd have to do a little more digging through. This is not just oh, a actually, whole sheet of them. Uh, Panini black football. This I would rather have this than black. What's black? Six eighty four. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the timing because it came out so late. The other thing I would tell you: go look at the inaugural year of stuff, like first year Prism, first year Mosaic, first year anything. This is not on those levels, but I do. I'm keeping those cases sealed for a while. I think those are going to be huge at some point. And next year's football, by the way, here's a little note. Next year's draft class is super weak. I think it's going to really struggle hobby-wise. I would say load up on 20 and 2020 and 2021. I, I hope, think that is your best bet. I hope Matt Corral does well, because then we can finally show that interview. That Aiden Hutchinson him. is probably going to be the first pick, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. We also interviewed him. All right, so we got a couple. I'm just going to read this. You can't see it. A couple. So we got Austin Eckler, Anton, uh, Antonio Gibson, just base cards. Oh, this is the kid who actually had a good season. The wide receiver, St. Brown, for the Lions. Nice card. Um, okay. Check it up if you want to. We get one auto through in this, right? Yep. Najee Harris, rookie. Anthony Schwartz, rookie. Patty Mahomes, base. DJ Metcalf, base. So the auto is not terrible. I mean, I actually liked this guy early in the season. He didn't pan out. Number 1099, Rondell Moore. Oh, okay. Oh, we did get a Mac Jones rookie as well. Quiddy Pay rookie. I like that name. Jared Goff, base. Corey Davis, base. I like this card too. It's like a yellow insert. 2001 throwback of Terry Bradshaw. Michael Carter and Smith Marset rookies. A couple more base. We're just about done, by the way. Take it easy. 2 2 Atwell <laughs> gold rookie. Those are not. As numbered. long as you recognize that this is not always the best option. Jalen Waddle and Ramondo Stevenson, the rookie running back for the Patriots. Okay, so we didn't do great. Rondell Moore, Otto in that product. To 99. 
bucks. Oh, to 99? 25 bucks, I'm going to guess. Out of 99. 25. Well, the non out of 99 did 10. This does 30. Oh, 30 bucks. What's the Mac Jones rookie do? Well, let me tell you. It's not an auto or anything, right? No, just a base rookie. I'm setting okay. up the SGC probably. We'll Mac see. Mac Jonesy. Mac Jones in that product. Uh, $22. Raw? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll SGC that card and see what happens. Jalen Watt. Okay, anyways. It's a cool little. I, I like the product. It's an it's a full acetate product. It looks good. I like it. Acetate, for anyone who doesn't know, because I do, means that it's... It's like the plastic, the clear. Oh, it's like clear. You can see yep. through it. I see what you mean. Yeah. Put no, this I in here that. too. Just put in Terry Bradshaw out of curiosity. I'm just curious if this insert has any weight. This is based on the 2020, like on the 2001 Don Russ. Ooh. $4. No, you were, you were high. $1.76. For that card. For that card. Yep. Shame. Still gets a top loader, Terry. But it's pretty good. Um, mailbag time? Yeah, let's go to mailbag. I had fun doing that. I'm going to look up the other two. Uh, in my spare time, because I'm sure Najee Harris is five to ten bucks. Uh, okay, let's hit mailbag, and we're gonna go to. We're doing Mar- the interview first. We inter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's intro. Go ahead and- boom, done. Chris yeah. from Card Letter. Here's your open for the show. I just did a great opening, and Jesse didn't record it, so he <laughs> th- can go. <laughs> I think your words were, and now guys, and then I told you to stop. You think so. I talk for you free, buddy? <laughs> hit. The- and the dog's face is just. That's fell. what you get for you. All right, I'm here, obviously. Oh, then we're putting this in the middle of the show. Yeah, you already know we're here. we're here. So Chris is here. <laughs> I called Chris Christmas, and I called Chris Chris with a K today. Now he's just Chris from Card Ladder. CC, wearing a blue hoodie. How are you, Chris? Doing well. Just bringing Christmas uh, to... In April. To the show in April. Sure. So Clean shaven. Many gifts of knowledge. Who's oh. on your shirt? Is that Kobe? On my shirt is Luka Doncic. Oh, His God. prism... 2018 rookie. I see it so now. I, you and Christina, uh, is it fair to say obsessed with Luca, or is that just my words? Oh, where would you get that impression? I can't stand Luca. I don't. I don't know what. How about to believe that? Anymore. How about that calf though? <laughs> uh, oh, is he coming back? Move on. Next topic. Next topic. Oh, you know, we're actually following your your lead here. I, I it was a couple things we want to talk about. MLB. So wait, let's tell the folks we brought Chris on because it's market update month weekday oh yeah oh yeah here's the other plug cardladder.com no sportscardsnonsense.com bam get the link there you can get a discount which is still i think exclusive to us 15 percent discount even if it's not exclusive we're just gonna say it is because it sounds better does (laughs) uh i'm pretty sure we still make a piece off that so you're putting money in everybody's pocket if you do that and your own because you're gonna be a smarter investor when you're using their and we're not gonna read the two mailbag questions best place to check comps on stuff just go to card ladder sales history because it pulls from every single selling platform out there. So there's Man. your pitch. There's your plug. I've set the table well <laughs> feast time to eat. So yeah, we want to talk MLB NBA and yep. then maybe get Chris angry about Marvel. Oh, great. And kids. <laughs> and, oh, and, uh, don't forget. We hate kids. Marvel. We hate kids, but we like the NBA. That's fair to say. <laughs> right. I don't have any Let's kids. I don't MLB. care. I really appreciate you guys continuing to ask me to talk about baseball, even though I know very little you about hate the sport it. and it's current. Yep. Uh, iteration, but I did look up that opening day was April 7th. Can we confirm? <laughs> we can confirm. So far, so good. This I, is good. I have no idea. <laughs> yep. That's confirmed. I know Vladdy, as he's called. Oh, boy. This is getting three rough. home runs last <laughs> night. After right? having his hand stomped. stomped on. Did you see this? He didn't see it. No. I heard, I heard about, about it. it from our dear friend Carvin. 
Oh, oh. it was a nine minute story to tell you his hand got stepped on. <laughs> There's the story. I just summed it up for you. Yep. That's great. Laddie is up 33% in the last three months, and he's probably going to see a pretty big bump over the next few days as well. Wow. But it's not just Laddie, it's all the prospects. Rafael Devers is up 20%. My boy. Junior's up 20%. Gavin Lux is up 41%. Okay, that's if, the biggest. If you're a baseball. Yeah. That's the biggest standout, by the way. The other three guys, everybody expected. Gavin Lux was like in the dumpster. Yeah, well, he's he's turning things around. Basically, if you were a baseball prospect and you made a headline for one reason or another, your market went up significantly. Can baseball I, is thriving. Baseball is absolutely. Baseball is like where basketball and football were. Two years ago and one year ago, respectively. It's hard to pick losers right now in the baseball market. Can I ask you too? When you're getting your data that you're you're giving us now, is there an easy way to access like the prospects, or did you do some research and pull all this up beforehand? Yeah, well, so I just this anybody can do this. Took me just a couple minutes. I just went to card ladder. I went to the baseball card index, mm-hmm. and then I clicked on cards. Oh, okay. And it shows you all the baseball cards. That have verified profiles in card ladder, and then I just change the sort to quarterly percentage, and then I oh, scroll. that's how. Okay, I was like, I know you're getting this data from the site. I just couldn't tell how quarterly percentage. Cool. All right. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So let me throw in this little caveat on those players. Then I think Vlad is going to be an exciting buy all year. If you have money, 2016 Bowman Chrome first prospect auto through the roof. Still a good buy at this point, just because of how significantly cheaper it is compared to Tatis, Acuna, Soto. I actually think he's being outsold by Wander still. I could be wrong. I have to double check the pricing on that. Um, Pull that up. You're talking about Vlad? Yeah, 2016 Bowman Chrome. 2019? Is that what you're? 2016 prospect. 9510 auto. Wander's doing two grand. The other guys, Tatis and and Nakuna, are three grand. Uh, Soto's like 4,500. So, so he is still crazy through the roof, but, but if you're going to buy 2016 first prospect, 2019 would be his rookie logo stuff. The tops Chrome. I would still say stay away from the base. Go refractor or better. Gavin Lux is also 2016. He came out in draft. That's got to be dirt cheap stuff, though. The 2016 Vlad Prospects Chrome PSA 10. Auto? Going for, oh, I'm sorry. This is not an auto. This is just the non. Let me pull up the Why auto are you the you. way you are? You know, we have company here. Dude. Get your stuff together. <laughs> God's sake. Gavin Lux, by the way, 2020 on his rookie stuff. So 2016 Chrome prospect, first prospect stuff. 2020 for the rookie stuff. Um, authentic auto. Oh my God. Went nope, for $340. Nope. Nope. The, That's okay. No, no, no. It says the Bowman Chrome prospect. Okay. It's not the card. It's fine. Authentic okay. is a different thing. Authentic. Don't worry auto about it. Different. You and Chris okay. talk for a minute. I'm going to pull this up. Very All happy. right. Go ahead, Chris. You are popular. You're you're a fan of Vlad. Um, He's a fan of all baseball. We've despite, established that. Despite him, I'm a fan of the category. Despite, <laughs> despite the the fact that he is already up, do you think he's still going to go up? Uh, I do not have any knowledge of baseball or what this season's going to hold for these particular prospects. But looking at the macro, I see a lot of indicators suggesting that baseball cards in general are going to do quite well this year. So okay. it's going to be like an all, all ships rise type of thing as the baseball market Wouldn't, goes up. Would not surprise me. Okay. Really quick, by the way. So the nine, five, 10, that base prospect auto from 2016, I was way off. He's actually in the 23 to 2,500 range, but that is still 20% below Tatis Acuna. And I mean, half the money of Soto. Like if the dude keeps hitting, 
again, you just look on paper. It would seem like that's, uh, and I'm actually a big fan of Bo Bichette. I've been preaching about Bo all week and I've been trying to buy Alex Bregman all week. I can't do it. Now, um, now Raphael Devers is interesting. He's 2015. Raphael Devers though is dirt cheap. I am curious. So there's the prospect stuff. What are like, what about vet stuff? Vet hall of fame retired. Yeah. So in terms of hall of fame caliber guys, Ken Griffey Jr.'s short prints and rare stuff from the nineties is going absolutely crazy right now. So last week on golden, his 1998 metal universe PMG, which is numbered to 50, a BGS eight sold for 46 grand, 46 grand. Do you have any idea the history of that card? Like prior sales? Oh yeah. So prior sales wise, um, there was, that card was selling in the six to eight grand range about a year and a half ago. So oh, five, five to seven X. Slight in, increase. Um, Grief. It's it's pretty, and that that was a BGS eight, right? Which and is nothing. There are some nines out there. Some, and and look, and it it puts it. Griffey has been rapidly approaching parity with Kobe Bryant's the the equivalent Kobe Bryant cards from the nineties. So Kobe also has that same hmm. uh, PMG championship card, but it's from 97 in basketball. Uh, Kobe's BGS nine is worth 000. around a hundred to 120 grand right now. Oh, for a nine uh, though, you said, right? For nine, for nine. So I, that, and, and, and the Griffey eight did, you know, 46. So what's a Griffey nine, maybe 70, 75, perhaps. So he's closing I, the gap I, on amazing. Kobe. Yeah. It's closing the Sheesh. gap. Griffey nineties, you know, super rare grail cards are, are rapidly catching up to Kobe's equivalent cards. Which makes a lot of sense to me, quite frankly, just from a sports aspect. Like, I obviously born and raised in Boston, could not be geographically further in this country from Seattle. Griffey was my favorite player, my brother's favorite player. Yep. If you, like, we actually had a poll up a couple months ago in the Sports Cards Nonsense group. By far, the most collected, for personal collection's sake, Griffey ran away with it of any sport. But doesn't need to be brought out too that he's also one of the most you know, populous of his cards. Like there's so many of them. He has one of the hugest pop counts, Griffey. Oh, we were talking about his 89 upper deck, but that's why he's saying the 90s stuff that's like rare. That's that that was not produced as I guess in great quantities. He's only well, fifty. He's only 50. Right. Oh, oh, I okay. PMG only has fifty copies. Oh, I see. That makes sense. The PMGs yep. are all. I like counted. to see that. I mean, I've often thought there's a bunch of other, like, I'm curious. Oh, well, let me just, I keep interrupting you. I'm not going to stop that though. I think that's probably just going to be the theme today. No, I think you should continue. Um, so Griffey is just rapidly. Rapidly, man. And you know, people had predicted this for a long time. A lot you of predicted this said, last month on our show, by the way, interruption number go. two. Yep. People had said this. They, they've said like, there were icons from the nineties, Kobe, Jordan, Griffey. And they said, Griffey just has not, his, his 90s iconic cards just haven't kept pace with the basketball stuff. That's changing as we speak. And then you also want to look at football too. Like, what about Barry Sanders? What about Jerry Rice? These guys also have iconic cards with analogs in basketball and baseball, like PMG champs out of 50 and stuff like that. And we just had a card letter, a Jerry Rice PMG championship, PSA A5, sold for 30 grand which was an all-time high for any Jerry Rice PMG card. Sheesh. That was a private sale reported to us about a week ago. So like it's happening. Like in the, these, all these nineties icons are doing 
very well. And they're they're quickly catching up to the bar that was set by the ba- their basketball counterparts. Can we talk about PMG in general for a second? Because I feel sure. like it's all I'm hearing about lately. In every different sport, in Marvel cards, of course, is kind of where I first was familiarized the most with it. But then I realized, oh, it's in basketball, it's baseball. What is this becoming like a new popular product, even though it's a older product? Yeah. Did you care about this, Chris? Let me ask you one quick question first. Did you, you were the same, you're 35, 36, right? Aren't we the same age? I am. He's looking around a lot. 35. Okay. So same age. I was born. I was born. What was your birthday? Oh, here we go. July 10th, 1986. Oldest in the room, suckers. Dang it. I'm the youngest. I'm such a <laughs> Big baby. Big baby over there. I, I am curious, Chris, before you answer the, Jesse's question, PMGs meant nothing to me as a kid. And I was in my heyday. I, I was 11, 12, 13. I didn't care about them at all. And I also knew at the time, like those were kind of expensive, which is relative to the time they were expensive. Was that the same with you? Like these weren't a thing for us, right? No, I mean... First of all, like we were kids, so these these cars were a couple grand at the time. Okay. Oh, they were. We, we weren't buying those, but um, you know the '97 PMG Red and Green, you know, now heralded as the best '90s basketball cards. When they first came out, you can go back and look at the Beckett Basketball Magazine that reviewed the product, and mm-hmm. it gave it two out of five stars. <laughs> and it said this is this is okay. You know, it's kind of weird. All these animations on the on the drawings and stuff. So it was not. It, the, the reception was lukewarm, as they say. The guy's wow. not even a real doctor either. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, that's what I thought. I'm sorry. So, Jesse, back to your question. But I just. He's a doctor. He's a statistician. Yeah. He has a PhD no. in God's sake. That's what I thought, though. I was like, I don't remember this craze up until the past few years, and now it's taken off. Well, what was your. So, so, so overall, why the craze? Yeah. What is, what's with the craze? Is it just strictly because people can go to this and say, like, I don't have to wonder about pop counts anymore. I know that this is going to be out of this many and my, my investment is going to be pretty solidified if everyone else also thinks the same as me. Well, that theory proved wrong. When you look at the 2013 PMG blue captain America mm. from PSA eight went for 88 grand in February. And then a different copy went for 22, 22. Look uh, at the fingers. 22,000. I mean, to be fair, 22,000 <laughs> is still a lot of money for any card, but right. yes. I agree. Yes, it has come down. And it just makes me wonder though, if we're talking about PMG for Marvel, now we've been, I've been hearing more of it, you know, being brought up for NBA. Yep. And now if we're thinking of it for MLB as well. And, and football. Yep. And fo- yeah. Is and this football. just going to be, is this going to be a direction you think will continue for a push in the mm-hmm. hobby for guys looking for these specific cards? Uh, it, for a period of time, uh, it will be hyped, but once it reaches its ceiling, it'll cool off and it'll just be the real collectors left who want it. Yeah. So, which, which still will be plenty of people, but um, you know, just a, a little tidbit on PMGs. They were originally designed by Gene and um, Earl yep. of Arena Design, yep. right? So, like you, you may, you may have met them at the Mint Collective. Uh, Is Gene a man gave, or a woman? No, she, no, that's the wife. It's okay. the husband and wife team. Gotcha. And so she talked a little bit on one of Christina's panels at the Mint, and uh, they're just they did such amazing work, and it's it's a testament to the work that they did that card companies 20, 25 years later are still just taking their designs, just recycling them to make new issues of cards. So like these original 97 and 98 PMGs, these are the first ones. These are the originals, whether it's basketball, football, or baseball. 
So, so in line with that too, then, because we talk so much about like a new release and we're going to do it today. We may have already done it. I don't know when we're putting this in the segment, (laughs) nor do I care, but we're doing like a whole 2022 wax review of baseball, which I want to do. I think it's important. We're going to talk about NBA stuff because it's current, but like my contention for a while and, and stuff I've been chasing lately, like I'm just curious and again, I don't want to, I know you don't do like the whole buy sell and I don't care to do that either. But like for me, early Brady stuff, like anything 2010 and before, I'm just like, this is the goat. Maybe somebody is greater than him at some point, but I don't think that person's been born yet. <laughs> like I just don't okay. nor will ever be born. That's a not fair on this planet for NFL. So I'm like, that seems like a good buy. Like when you start talking to me about guys like Griffey, like I grew up with Griffey, Frank Thomas was like, which is still one of the most underrated guys. Even Pujols at the tail end. He was a little bit later, 2001. I look at those guys who are goaded to a degree, which is a stupid made up word. And I'm just like, if I'm going to put money into stuff, like I bought a card, uh, I bought a card this week, as a matter of fact, now it's obviously much newer, but 2013 prism, it's a gold bill Russell, bill Russell to me. I, I it's a PSA 10. I spent a thousand dollars on that card. <laughs> I see other stuff and I'm like this Brady kaboom second year PSA nine just did 50,000. <laughs> and I'm not pumping it. I'm not selling the bill card till he dies. I've been very vocal, but I'm just like, there are so many of these gaps in here, like the 90, 90, starting in 93 with the finest Griffey all the way up to 99 with Griffey in Seattle. How are those cars as a whole? Like, is that kind of your thought? Now we're going to see that whole generation of stuff start to rise. Again, not for go out and buy this, but like, that's kind of what my thought is now. Like, I think all that stuff now, people are finally going to start paying attention to. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And it's not only happening with people who are going back to like 90s stuff, although it certainly is. It's also happening in low population PSA 10s of 1970s Hall of Fame basketball players. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Moses yes. Malone, right? Moses Malone. Moses yep. Malone went from $12,500 for his PSA 10 tops rookie, which is like a pop 40. All right. It's his only rookie card that depicts him by himself. It went from 12500 in August of last year to selling twice on the same day for ninety six grand and hundred and two grand for an average price of ninety nine grand. So over about a half a year, these sales happened about two months ago. Over about half a year, Moses Malone's rookie PSA ten increased by a factor of eight. That's insane. Of eight, because and I think what's happening there's there's just so much, so many high prices for modern players like Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Luka Doncic, etc., Zion. You know, when Zion's NT RPA BGS 95 Auto 10, which is a pop one, when that sells for $600,000, some people scratch their heads and they say, and I can get Moses Malone, back-to-back MVP, NBA champion, top 15, all-time greatest player. And his rookie card, his PSA 10 is $12,000. Yeah, I'll bid a little more on that. And then all of a sudden, his market's going up eightfold and happier. Yeah, like for 600, like for that price range, like you bring up a good comparison with Zion. I don't know if there's a single Griffey card that has ever come close to that. Like off the top of my head, I can't at least think of one. It does make me wonder though, if this is, if we're <laughs> stuck in a loop of where this is going to happen continuously and in a, a few years, all these cards that are being paid $600,000 for a Luger or whatever the case is, are going to be in the same boat of being valued at less than the Moses Malone or whoever else uh, because now the guys who are interested in the hot guy now are now interested in whoever that person's going to be in well, and here's two the other, three years. And here's the issue with that. It, that's why you're right, though. Like, in five years, 
Does anybody with a pulse and yeah. any sort of pink substance between their ears think that Zion is going to be on a path to outpace Moses Malone? And Moses Malone is not even cared about in the hobby by and large. But like if you said in five years, who in the NBA is on that type of a path? Mm-hmm. Okay, Giannis, maybe, and Joker. In five years, there's nobody else that comes to my mind like that. Certainly not Zion. Uh, that's a really, I mean, that's, so that's why I that's think people, right, I think that's why people are saying, like, dude, I could have any, realistically, I could have any 50 Griffey cards I want that are mm-hmm. a handful of pop, or I could buy a Zion. Yeah. <laughs> but it also shows you the gambling mentality in the hobby right now. That's, that is, that, that that's is really, really the, that is the X factor that can't be quantified. People yeah. want to chase. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm glad to see. So we talked about it last week on the show or two weeks ago. I got my order back from BGS. It was $12 a card. It was from August of 2020. <laughs> I, I subbed a Griffey. Uh, it was either 97 or 98. It was a, it was a finest insert refractor. It was not worth the cost. To, it was probably a $50 card, but I love that kind of Griffey crap. I don't ever sell anyways. I'm just, I got it back. What was it? Two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The card's worth, and it came back a BGS eight, which is the equivalent of raw in my book. It's worth two to $300 now. <laughs> yeah. That's, but I would spend $300 on that. I am yeah. not going out and buying a PSA 10 prism jaw for the same money. Cause it would cost me the same. So I guess I do like the fact that we're seeing that kind of rise of that era of stuff. And I also think that's yeah. going to become the vintage at some point. Like, I, Oh yeah. Eventually it's got to, right? I mean, yeah, enough no, time. It, it does. but Jesse, I, I like where your mind's at, man. I'm going to spin it in a, in a positive direction, even though I think the cynicism of like these cards are way overpriced and there's a bubble on some of these modern guys is totally warranted. But here's the other side of the coin is that because there's always new players coming in and there's always excitement for new products and there's always people just seemingly willing to spend more and more, you combine that with the fact that these new guys are constantly trying to carve out their legacy. And mm-hmm. then you get these top 75 lists coming out. And like Moses Malone is ranked ahead of Steph Curry on both ESPN and the athletics lists. And people are like Steph Curry's RPAs are in the millions yeah. in gem mint grade or very close to it these days. And Moses Malone's best card and he only has one rookie card and it can't even crack six figures. So I think there's a dynamism that uh, that sports has that no other financial market has, which is you constantly have new storylines, you constantly have new outcomes, new legacies, mm-hmm. people rising, people falling, and it keeps the market fluid. Well, I think, too, the fact that you have so much media and things that you can <laughs> grab onto for Steph Curry that you couldn't for Moses, because his time is basically passed. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the fact that you can still have... Uh, go get a picture of Steph Curry or go watch him play or anything like that. Like there's going to be so many more items that keep him relevant as far sure. as old clips and posters and who knows movies and, and things like that. people imitate point guards. Exactly. And nobody's imitating a seven foot center. Power so, forward. so yeah, that, I think there is some, you know, I, I do have a skeptical view of certain aspects of the hobby, but I do <clears> think <throat> there are overall some differences of what we see today versus what, uh, you know, what we see as the vintage market today versus what the vintage market market will look like in the next, you know, five to 10 years or something. Hey, let me, and let me jump back to Chris's because this is the one card I actually wanted to find. I, I, the Vlad was cool. Talk about the most crim. And, and this is, the, I have to start getting this order, right? I have to start pumping stuff when I already own it. <laughs> Cause I keep doing this stupid thing where I say on the show what I want to buy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a good price. I want to buy these. And then I get contacted the next day and it's like, Hey, by the way, it jumped 30%. Do you still want to buy it? Um, Raphael Devers, 2015 Bowman prospect. 
is literally selling for 12% of Vladimir Guerrero. It's selling for 350 or less, depending on subs, for a 9510. Again, here's the backwards dump pump. Yeah. The pump dump <laughs> pump. If you have these cards to sell, I would buy Devers rookie stuff all day. I don't own, I don't think I own a single Devers rookie card, actually. I'm in on the 2015 stuff. That is just stupid cheap to me. Anyways, um, one that, more, and then I want to jump into some modern basketball, the playoff okay. hype. Well, this actually, maybe this goes into, you know what? This is a bigger question, so I'm going to save it till the very end. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Wait, let's go into ba- basketball. Uh, I I couldn't help but notice on the index, basketball is still mm-hmm. down almost 3% over the last month, with baseball yep. being like really the only thing that, that has seen positive momentum. Do you think that that changes now that we are into the playoff season or is there something else going on? Because usually this is where we see a lot more trades, buying, selling, things going on like that. Well, maybe it's just become a zero sum game in basketball, because if you look at the basketball index over the last year, it's been flat. Mm -hmm. So there's gains in some areas, there's losses in others, and it just sort of evens out. The LeBron James index, which is comprised of nearly a thousand cards, is down 10 percent almost. Over the last three months, it's don't very perform. hard Makes for an index to go down 10% because of the conservative methodology by which those indexes are calculated. The indexes assume that prices are static until they move. So there's some LeBron cars that just haven't sold yet to bring the index down even further. So Sheesh. the LeBron index is down. The Luka Doncic index is down. Lots of indexes are down right now uh, in basketball, but there's other ones that are doing quite well and that are going up. Joker is somebody who's done it very well. His index Finally. <laughs> Giannis has done very well this season. Ja Morant has exploded this season. Chris hates so, Ja Morant. <laughs> is that true? Hey, do you guys think Morant, do you think you, you get Tim? Uh, you guys know Slabstrong Tim. Oh, we he, know. He oh, yeah. bet me. He, we, him and I have a wager on each game of the Memphis Timberwolves series. He wanted even odds that the Timberwolves will win more games basically than the Grizzlies. And so even though I hate the Grizzlies, even. I had to take that bet. I had to take that. Hey God, he, <laughs> he gave himself even odds on the Timberwolves. Yes. Does he not yes, know? He how- <laughs> sweet, <laughs> sweet kid. Oh. Sweet kid. They're like minus 200 right now. And he could have got two to one odds. This is, why, this is why Tim is throwing <laughs> cards at shows at people. Okay. Anyways, um, I, I want to focus on one of those guys for just a second. Yeah. I actually, and I, I, this is my only Somewhat non-boring pick. I think, well, actually, both those players you mentioned, I think Joker is going to beat Golden State. Ooh. I don't think it's rational. I think, I think Curry is, I just don't think he's going to be 100%. And I think Joker might ball out. And I, who knows? I don't think he get anything out of Murray. I don't even know if he's been ruled out now. I know they said it was going to be kind of last minute for any contribution. I think Joker has a chance to win that series. Let me clarify. Is this like a reverse jinx because you want Curry to win? No, I want Joker to win. I actually okay. like, I have one PSA 10 Prism Joker. The one I bought in Wisconsin for like $1,000. It's worth nothing now, which is sure. fine. Yep. <laughs> um, and I th- I actually think Memphis is going to win. But that Memphis-Minnesota series was the one I was rooting for. I think it's awesome for the hobby to see Ant and, and Jodgers. Because I think Edwards is going to score 35 points in a losing effort. Like that kid can score. So I think it's great for the hobby. Yeah, it is uh, that the Grizzlies. So Christina and I are going to game three of Grizzlies Denver in at ball arena. Oh, so cool. hang on. Uh, Grizzlies I'm, Denver. I'm, I'm, Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Golden State, uh, Denver, Golden State. We're going to Denver, Golden State game three in Colorado. Colorado. 
in Colorado. We're, we're picking up a card out there and it just so happen to coincide with the playoff schedule. And so we're going, so I'm, I'm hoping that's going to be a good series, but Golden State, I mean, they're, they're big favorites to win that series as well. And yep. Curry is confirmed then. But yeah, I mean, dude, all bets are off if if uh, the Nuggets somehow push through that series. And maybe Murray comes back for round two then and you all, you got a whole new Pandora's box there. Um, do you have a, any thoughts about if the market is sustainable right now? Like as far as the market overall for basketball has been going down pretty consistently since 2021. And we've multiple times said, Oh, we're at the bottom. Do you think that we're at the bottom now? I mean, granted who knows since we've said it so many times, but it looking at like the graphs and things like that, we haven't been as far as like just sales volume overall for basketball cards. We haven't been this low since mid 2020. So I'm just curious your thoughts, what you think, we where we are in that timeline of the the market rising again uh great question well you know i think basketball has fought admirably to maintain its market share even as tops chrome f1 has become red hot even as wwe prism has come out and set the hobby on fire yep even mm-hmm. as marvel universe cards and pmgs have ascended and taken a lot of spotlight and a lot of these damn influencers don't even get me started on them. Well, we can pivoted into these alternative genres, you know, whether it's F1, whether it's wrestling, whether it's UFC, I didn't mm-hmm. even mention UFC, whether it's Marvel, these soccer cards to some extent, these emerging sports or categories within the card hobby have taken a lot of the spotlight. They've seen the parabolic gains over the last year or two. But still, basketball treads water, even when all the energy, all the momentum, all the hype, has, is at least temporarily, has moved over to these other areas. So for basketball, for football to a lesser extent, baseball to a lesser extent, I think they've done quite a nice job of being held up by people who just love to collect and invest and speculate on the cards, even as all the hype and the focus and the speculation has been on other things. Yeah. So if the spotlight in the hobby ever does come back to the big three, and I think it eventually does, uh, then those sports are going to be well positioned to once again, probably have an unsustainable run up in growth and then crash back down again. And we'll land somewhere in the middle. So I'm curious. And with basketball in mind, obviously the playoffs, I mean, we're just about done with the play in round. Any, anybody you think like right now is kind of like, Hey, this guy, not to, again, not for the buy sell advice, but just this market compared to some of these other contemporaries, or this team has a favorable first round matchup, anything kind of jumping off the page because of the numbers. Uh, well, well, if you like Joel Embiid, Oh, I hate his, him. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. His, uh, I don't. <laughs> his NTRPA just sold last weekend. His BGS nine, five auto 10 true NT out of 99. And like NT for that year, Looks pretty good in my opinion. And it's preferable to Prism because Prism has all those variations from that year. So like Joel Embiid has four different Prism golds. You have oh, the wow. photo variation and the base. And then each one has the true gold and the, and the pulsar. It's very confusing. NT is desirable for that year's rookie club. Is it 2015? 2014. 14, okay. 2014. <clears throat> Embiid's RPA went for 10 grand last weekend in a gem <laughs> holder. BGS wow. 95 Auto 10. All right. Now, by comparison, Devin Booker is in the 2015 NT rookie class. His BGS 9 Auto 10 sold for 52 grand 
last month. What's Joker do, Chris? Do you know roughly? Joker doesn't. Well, Joker obviously doesn't have an NTRPA, right? Because he was he was drafted in 14, but he didn't even play that season. He played his first season in 15. And because he was a second round pick that nobody cared about, the only NT card he has is an is an is a signature card. It's not an RPA. It's not from the base set. So it's but uh, that card, you know, in like a in a nine grade is about worth maybe nine or ten grand. Um, the same as so, an Embiid, though. The same as a true Embiid nine five. Yes. So Embiid, like, <laughs> what's it, the look, deal? Like, Why? Some people are high on Toronto beating Philadelphia, but if Philadelphia messes around and makes a run, I think Embiid is a recipient of a lot of the uh, the hobby love that would flow from something like that. Do you so think it's like one of those? He's a guy to keep an eye on. Is okay. it like a, the Moses situation when people realize, like, oh wow, this is criminally yeah. undervalued, and then is, he actually starts doing well or something like that? Well, the and, difference and is like it, the hot topic is to be like, let's look at the players who are there, and there are some players that are interesting to look at who are like contending right now. But the real big brain, galaxy brain move is to not look at anybody who's relevant at all, yeah, and to go find that other Moses Malone or go find that Ken Griffey Jr. Go find that player who's like maybe not in the spotlight right now, but when the hobby comes back to its senses and the excitement dies down a little bit, oh, this player is going to be, you know, is, well, they will regain their place in the hobby hierarchy. That's crazy. Like LeBron, Embiid. So you think LeBron is right now a good investment? Uh, I don't know about, I think that the, the buying opportunity that exists on LeBron right now is the best it's been in years. How about I, that? I guess I'd just be curious if he wouldn't drop some more before the season starts back, but that's right. That could happen. And people hate, that's, that's the other thing too. Happen. Like I've never heard somebody say anything bad about Moses Malone. People hate LeBron. There, there's <laughs> so many people polarizing. that just hate. Yeah. Either you love him or you hate him. It is, it is wild. So. Um, Chris, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, no, did you, oh, wait, did you have wait. something to rant on? Oh yeah. There's, these kids. Here we go. Let's just talk about these kids because this is, it's actually been hidden in our entire discussion. Today, okay. Kid. All right. So why are Zion RPA 600 grand? Why are these cards getting so expensive? Look, one of my most cherished desired cards is owned by a kid who I think is 13 years old. <laughs> you Do you Have know you this kid been, where he lives? Is that? Okay. <laughs> can you imagine being a person in the hobby? You sell off some of your collection. You save up your paychecks for weeks, months, maybe even years. Finally, your grail card comes to auction only to have a 14-year-old outbid you and win your grail card. This might sound crazy. This is happening. You know that Messi, that 2014 Prism Gold Messi PSA 10 that sold for $560,000 with Golden last weekend? Yep. That card was won by a kid who is not old enough to legally drive. This Seriously? This is a real thing in this time. What? This is a real what, thing. what is your grail card, by the way? What was the card? A McCaffrey? This, this same kid also owns... A 2015, the, the pop one, oh, 2015 no. Prism Gold Jokic. Pop one. This kid owns it. I, I will never be able to get it from this kid. He, <laughs> he now owns a 2015 Messi Prism Gold PSA 10. These kids are a problem. They're running this hobby. The kid Illuminati is a real thing. <laughs> the we have to address this. There's your title of the episode. We hate children. <laughs> we hate children and the kid Illuminati is real. Um, hey, one last question. I do want to end. I'll end on this one. The other subject uh, that we we talked about this on on uh, what's today Thursday on Monday show. The Marvel collapse. 
crazy parabolic to use your word rise and then just this so i actually said off air me and jesse just bought the box a listener last week had in the mailbag it's like hey i bought this at the height he bought a 1990 marvel box uh sealed box he's like you know i bought it at the height at this point i'm just gonna cut my losses so i reached he actually reached out i said dude i'll buy it like i just think it's a fun piece of content we spent 600 bucks mm -hmm. which in the grand scheme is a decent price but we're gonna rip it and grade and have fun with it um i am curious though what fuel was that i mean to me it just looks like crazy market manipulation largely by alt and, and their buyers and then we i guess the people had said there were some influencers talking i honestly at, i am to the point where i don't listen to any other podcasts and shows now because i hate people so much <laughs> was there like a big influencer push as well or was that strictly an alt thing no there were some influencers but you know it, it doesn't take much like once people see something going up five six x like people latch on to it and there are, are domino dominoes fall ripple effects happen but yeah i mean you know not not Casting aspersions, but Steve Aoki was a huge buyer. Right, of the Marvel yeah. He bought the whole set, right? Yeah, he bought the whole set. Exactly. For what do you? It was like two hundred or two hundred twenty, I think. I think it was like two forty, and then the whole set just closed for like sixty. Like same thing, like seventy five percent loss. Yep, but and that so, wasn't his know, set, goes, right? Maybe it goes back up again. Who knows, right? But like, if we one thing we can say for sure, it went up way too much, way too fast. That that yeah. But well, that, now, just to clarify, too, that wasn't Steve selling his set at Golden, right? That was just another set that sold, correct? I don't know. But I, I, would I believe be it very was. Surprised. I don't think Steve has any intent of selling. Okay, and, that's, that's and to be I mean. clear, too, while his weren't all tens, neither was that set. So yeah, they is, were comparable. They were they were comparable, but we don't know exactly what they. Maybe there were some cards. The more desirable ones could have been graded higher. So. Uh, I do think there would need to be more research done into that comparison because if there is like a really rare card that has like a, it was like an eight or nine and the rare version in the other set was like a six or seven, then yeah, maybe there are some reasons why there was such a big yeah. price. But the difference. rest of the market is also down 75%. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not saying that the, that's not why, but I just. So we hate kids and we hate influencers. Well, Ronic, update the it title. It could be the kids that are buying these cards. You know, They're, they love Marvel. They weren't stuff. even alive in 2013. All right, that's enough. <laughs> We're done here. So that is Chris from Card Ladder. Again, sportscardsnonsense.com. There's the Card Ladder link. You can save 15%. Best place to track your collection. Card it's like services. an ad read, by the way. Check it what out. What's going on here? I'm done. I'm not going to say another nice thing about anybody. Chris? Tell Christina and Joshua said, hey. Oh, you know what? Last question. Are you taking your Mavs to win first round? Are you oh, riding with the donkey? Man. I've got Utah, uh, by the way. If the donkey doesn't play, then no. But if he only misses two games, like let's say he misses the first two home games in Dallas and then he's back, I'll take him in seven. All right. You're all, you're all wrong. It's Chicago Bulls all the way. Oh, Lord. Are they even going to win a game? No. They're going to find out. Cool. Chris, thank you for the time, buddy. We'll catch up with you, I guess, middle of May now because we push this thing back. Market report, May market report, live from Fenway next month. Two. That's hot. That's hot. Are you going to that show? I don't know. Maybe I need to if you guys are going to be there. I'm going. Jesse's on the fence. We'll see. What's wrong, Jesse? Are you still recovering after you got everybody sick at the men's? I didn't do that. You got someone got me sick. We both tested negative. We yeah. were some of the only people who didn't get sick. Yeah, I don't know. You know why? Because I sanitize and I get made fun of for it. I have my wipes and I have my mask and I have my sanitizer. That's Let true. No and person ever make fun of you for wiping too much. That's never a bad <laughs> in any set in any setting or sitting. That's correct. That's right. All right. Thank you, sir. Have Thank a good day, Chris. Chris. See you guys. Bye. I don't know. I feel like this episode's a little bit of a hodgepodge. It's, it is. I don't. And here's the thing. There was actually some preparation done, uh, which kind of stinks. It doesn't feel like that, though.
guys bear with us. Thank you so much. All right. Tyler, that was your Chris interview. Now we're doing mailbag. Tyler Rodriguez from the Facebook. Tyrod. Buy one, sell one, hold one. Okay. Tatis Acuna Vlad. Just because he's cheaper than the other guys and I think is going to be as relevant, if not more, buy Vlad, hold Acuna, sell Tatis. Fair enough. Um, you Mark, could say that in any order. I don't think it's wrong. It's like They're <laughs> so close. It's ridiculous. Mark Huller, what is the best way to go about grading Marvel? I have large amounts of 1990 that can fetch a Ooh. good amount of money with PSA 9s and 10s. Okay. But the grading price is not there for a good turnaround. Do you sit on this until prices drop, go with SGC, go with another company, or sell raw? So I would tell you right now, me and Jesse are going to rip a box of this. We talked about it with Chris. We're gonna, hopefully, it'll be here today or tomorrow. Uh, I'm going SGC with everything, I think, just because of the grading cost and the return time. I'm grading everything with SGC. Uh, Eric, my money, please. <laughs> money, please. That's actually his last name on here. I'm sure it's not real, but if it were, it'd be cool. Get a grip, Eric. Eric with a K. To expand on BGS grading, I understand a gem, a min gem, true gem, and true gem plus. What do you consider a card with subgrades of 10, 10, 10, 8.5 or... Oh, 10, yep. 9.5959. Both are considered gem mint. So none of the, real quick, here's the answer. There's no specific name for those. They're just gem mint cards. There's no specific like gem mint plus. No, they're just abnormal. The triple 10 is weird though. Triple 10, 8, 5. Mm-hmm. If all of your grades are one full subgrade higher, mm-hmm. then it can be a gem mint. Otherwise, that's the only way you can have an 8.5 sub on a 9.5 overall card is three 10s and an 8.5. That is good to know. Yeah, I've never heard that before. I'm going to give you a quick recap, by the way. I just finished it. So we just ripped a box of clearly that was very underwhelming. The St. Brown is the purple parallel. It's like 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. Najee Harris is about five. The Jalen Waddles, five. So that's 25. The Terry and the rest of the base, another five. That's 30. The Mac Jones is 25. That's 55. The Rondell Moore is 30. 85 bucks. Not great. We're going to grade at least the one, maybe the two cards. Okay. There you go. That's not a capital nonsense. Segment. No, it's just, just a, for just fun. A, like, I just want to rip it. I love that product. So okay. I want to rip it on the pod because I talked about it on the pod. You know, it's nice when you still have fun ripping product and it's not just for the show. Ripping product. Ethan. So Ethan Schink. Oh, um, you got to stop. Okay. You got to stop. Done. Ethan Schinky. What is the best sealed wax? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best sealed wax to invest in right now? If you had to buy them at current prices, What's the current, or I'm sorry, what is something that you guys think will have, will still have lots of room to grow? Yeah, in general, 2020 and 2021 football, because I think this class is going to be so underwhelming, especially early. You'll get some guys who stand out, but I don't know if there's a first round quarterback. So I think what happens then is people who get in the custom of, hey, it's football time. I want to rip football. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at past seasons. I would say look for outliers. I'm not trying to pump up this product more because I'm not selling right now, but clearly authentic is a good example of an outlier. Other products that to me are not as good are outselling it right now. Why is that? Simply because the new product and it came out after the season. So go back and look through like, hey, this box, all these boxes are averaging X amount of dollars. There's a couple that are way cheaper and have similar hits. But those are the two years I would really focus on. Do you still have any of that 2020 uh, contenders? No, I sold it. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Contenders and Prism I sold during the playoffs. Yeah. I think I got, th- I think I got like 30,000 for the Prism. And contenders was like 80, 86 or 8,800. Yeah, I sold too soon, obviously. I'm really happy for you, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's now going for almost 12,000, the contenders. 
On blowout. On blowout, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not you couldn't actually sell it for that. Yeah, but right you now. could probably get at least ten for it, I would think. Maybe. Um back to mailbag. Okay. Adam, um yeah, I I, I asked Ethan's question. Thank you, good, Ethan. Good. Adam Corey, can you outline when you feel is best to sell top prospect cards? Yep. J Rod, Torque, Wit. Yeah, in general. The hype of somebody coming into the season, if they're going to be promoted mid-season, is huge. It's almost better to sell the hype than the actual on-field. Some of those guys, though, it's different. Like Bobby Witt, J-Rod started the season up. Mm-hmm. I would, I mean, I know guys are going to be like, oh, you shouldn't. I'm a little, always a little conservative. Bobby Witt has had a crazy hot start and his pricing has been insane. I would sell Witt right now. Because I think at some point, we saw this with Wander. We see with almost everybody, even if they're legit, there's like a dip after this initial craze. So if they're starting the year in, when they start to perform and their prices jump, I sell. If they're in the minors, as soon as you start hearing talk of promotion, I would sell before they even get promoted. Okay. That's good to know. Um, Min Vong, with how hot WWE Prism has been in the most, uh, with most sides selling out as soon as they restock, do you think it's worth grading the base cards, especially the rookies and some of the legends like Hogan, Rock, et cetera? So base in general, no. Gable Stevenson was like the big rookie, and uh, we pulled the other one. Braun Brecker, Breaker, whatever. Yeah. I would grade the rookies, base, even base rookies. Um, Not like the Hogan or the... I I don't know, because I don't know if those are just in the set period. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're... So I'm not sure. I I mean, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, yeah, grade it all and sell it. I mean, with the fact that you can do SGC grades for $25 or something. 23 bucks through Nash cards. Yeah, 23 through Nash cards. I mean, you could take a shot, but I wouldn't PSA it for 50 bucks. I think it's going to kill your profit no matter what. So, yeah, maybe it's worth a shot. I don't um, know enough about it. I'm sorry. And I'd be it is, surprised if we don't start seeing some of those hit the market here soon, though. So I'm sure it's also first year. So maybe there is that bump that's coming. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, David, uh, I'm sorry, David Owen, can you give one vintage player from MLB, NBA, and NFL who you think is undervalued? This is the most boring take of all time. I say the same three every time. Bill Russell, Willie Mays, Jim Brown. Of the three, Jim Brown, because it's football and vintage, doesn't get nearly the respect. But yeah, crazy underrated. And are he, you invested in all three of those? I have rookies of every one of those guys. Yeah. I have probably uh, sixty to 70,000 tied up in Willie. Rookies, his 51 Bowman, his 52 tops. Uh, Jim Brown, the cheapest. I have one rookie. It's a PSA 5. It's worth like three grand, 3,500. Uh, I'm always looking to buy Jim Brown. I can never find him. Bill Russell... Again, his prices are way, way down from his high. I've got a PSA 4 and a PSA 8 OC. I'm going to try to cross that PSA 8 OC to like an SGC 7 if it would cross. So I probably have 30000 in Bill. But yeah, I think they're all of the buys though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Willie's finally getting some traction. I think Jim Brown is the best buy of any of those guys. I also think Roger Staubach and Terry Bradshaw. I have a question for you. If you were to sell... All of your memorabilia, all you hated, you sports hurt you. Cards and memorabilia, sell it all. Sell it all. What do you think it's worth? Uh, I mean, like, so my card ladder collection right now is like three, three hundred to three fifty. But there's a ton of stuff that's not in there because I've never. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got a lot in cases. I think conservative. I mean, without me going back through conservatively, I think seven to eight hundred. That's insane. I mean, I, and there's a lot of, you know, it's crazy that high. For there's a, I was going to say, there's a lot of guys in the industry though, who have one card worth more than that. I'm not crazy, heavily invested in stuff. Not my net worth is 
fractionally. I just, I, I, I've told you this from the beginning. I was never going to tie up the majority of my money in cards. Here's Even though thing. I've made a lot of you money, you know in cards. that sounds like a brag, like kind of like a. Oh, like I actually mean it the card. other way because, like, if you talk to big collectors, mm-hmm. hey, here's one card worth more than everything I own. Oh, for sure. That's what I mean. So I didn't mean it to brag like that. I just, I never wanted my money tied up in this stuff because I also get emotionally attached to it. That is true. So yeah, I, I didn't. I actually didn't mean that to brag. Like I think there's a I lot know. of guys with, and and That's now why I it out. what's so insane is there's guys with collections worth like Chris was talking about. There's teenagers. That Lionel Messi card is worth almost as much as all my stuff. Here's, a sixteen year old owns that. Here's what I don't understand is how there are so many card shops out there who don't have better security because the amount of money sitting in some of these card shops yep. is absolutely insane. And I feel for them whenever you hear about like break-ins and stuff like that. I just think they're those have got to be more like banks than anything with they the amount be. of money they've got. I also think it's crazy. You talk to some of these people in the industry and they're, you know, they have cards and they have a great car and they live oh. in like, they have, <laughs> what do you have in the bank? Nothing. What are your investments? Nothing. You own any property? I rent. It's like, what are you doing? Like you're card rich and you're just stupid. Got to diversify. That's a fact. Steve Cabot's Nick. Steve Aoki? Is the Jason Alexander National Treasures patch card more desirable Number seven out of 99 since George Costanza's firstborn child was going to be named seven. That's a, f- I hope it is. I do too. I really hope that's the case. What are those cards? I wonder what those sell for now. Remember they hit $2,000. Oh, oh, I, I can look it up while you read. Yeah, but you I'm look. So, I want to find out. I would be super curious because I'd love to buy that card. Johnny F. EFF, his last name. I know this guy. Oh, okay. I know him on Facebook, actually. I like him. Are you guys planning any other road trips, perhaps this June, perhaps to Canada's version no. of the national? I can tell you right now, I'm never planning on going to Canada for any reason. I've got to get my passport updated. What if I did want to go to Canada? So right now, our show plans are as follows. May 14th and 15th in Fenway. At least one, maybe the whole team. We'll see. Yep. And uh, by the way, that National Treasures Costanza card is like 600 bucks right now. So it's actually still a ton I'm of I'm glad money. it's above 500. Yeah, that's great. So Fenway, May and... Uh, May 14th, May 15th, and the National in Atlantic City. Nothing else planned as of yet. Yeah. I gotta go back to Boston next weekend. Anyways, we've been traveling a lot for other reasons. So we yeah. didn't talk about it. Did you want to bring it up? I honestly, I thought about it. I was like, I might start crying. So no, okay. I have no reason to talk about it. All right, Greg Lance. Talk. My grandmother died. I just, I, I tried know. to. Segue I got the call so yesterday fast. from my mom. Yep, uh, she went peacefully. She was ninety-eight. I'll tell you why it didn't hurt me as much as others. Is I got to see her. You just had got I to not, see her. yeah. Had I not got up last week, you know, I would have been crushed. I'm not pulling the move that we did with my dad when he had the heart attack. I'm being a gentleman. Okay, your dad didn't being die. being respectful. How, it's not even he, comparable. He, that was a serious thing. You want to have a serious you know talk? What? Call <laughs> me when Mark dies. Then we'll talk. How about that? He'll never die. He's going to live forever. Uh, Grammy was 98 years old. Fun fact, though, a lot of what got me into the hobby, my grandparents lived on 18th Ave. I would walk to a card shop that was about five blocks away. Not mm-hmm. even. Comic Book Palace, which I don't even know if it's still alive. Shout out to Comic Book Palace. I don't know if it's still open, still alive, whatever. But that's where I started collecting cards in Haverhill, Massachusetts, when I was a a, a wee kid. If you cry, I'll punch you in the face. That would be totally acceptable. Um, Yeah, I remember, though, like, even as a kid being like, man, I wish I had more money. And they always had some money, but they weren't, like, loaded by any means. But I was like, can I just have a couple? Yeah, I was like, can I just have a couple dollars to get a pack of cards? I remember my grandpa like, you know what? No, like if you want to go work for it, I'll give you like. I remember sweeping the whole deck and something one time, and I got Ooh, like a buck fifty. Dang! And I was just like, that's it. <laughs> and and that was his thing though. Like, say what you want, people from that generation. I love it. He was like, you want to make money, go make money. Like, I'm not paying you to do stuff I can do myself. When do we get the full episode of the stories of? I thought your about family, going. I thought about going live family. the other day. 
and oh, talking, but I was like, I don't. It's probably best. Well, I was just sitting in a chair, like crying by myself. Sure. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go live and talk oh, about this. Um, that's, I want that to be the, the exit music today, Ronick. Don't <laughs> blow it. My grandma. Just cut died. back to that scene. So yeah, we'll go to the week. The funeral is next weekend. We'll go back up. And if you guys don't know this already, <laughs> the national, it's not going to be uh, just me and Geo. It's going to be the whole family. The whole Geo fam's coming. As it is every year. I thought you were going to um, say, if you're dying well, to go to Atlantic City, <laughs> there's, see, that's your, tr- that's I your transition. I wouldn't have said that though. No. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, I think your dad's going to get plenty of autograph opportunities. I'm leaving next Wednesday, so I'll have to do the pod remote with you. Okay. And we'll fly up for the funeral. I'm also going to be gone on Thursday, but we'll knock it out first. I have so many cousins. And s- what's your cousin's kids? Are those second cousins? Yeah. That I have never met. My mom is one of 10 from that from that grandmother. That's right. There, I think there's 25 and 23 grandkids, grandkids and great-grandkids. That's going to be a big funeral. It's insane. That's the only good that comes about. You actually get to see a bunch of family. So, one or two more. We've been going. John Boren wants. I don't to want know. to talk about anything else. Actually, we're good. I'm ending <laughs> you on just that. Want to end it on that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Grandma was that. great. She just about raised me. Her and my grandfather. We lived with them for many years. I was very, very sad, but I was very excited to see them. And she went in her sleep. Very peaceful. So oh, that's awesome. Couldn't get mad about that. that. So there you go. Uh, a little realism at the end of this podcast. You tuned in for cards. You're ending with that. I was so. going to end it with like a sound effect. <laughs> no, nah, I think we're good. Like a boom. I think we're good on that one. All yeah. right. Uh, there you go. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Thank you to Chris. Thank you for Jesse for being here. Oh, I never man. do that and I won't no. do it again. Thank you to Chris from Card Ladder, Ronick, everybody else. Uh, brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. We will be back Monday with Chris Costa from Big Night Breaks and the Card Vault. And thank we'll you. see you then. Oh, goodbye. goodbye.